are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. For most who experience it, the painful journey through PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a journey alone and in the dark. That's what today's guest has experienced. But he's here with us today to tell us his compelling journey, now about to be documented in his book, Firefighter Down, of his journey from what seemed like a death sentence to a renewed hope and purpose. What was the catalyst to this transformation? Well, stay with us, and let's find out from today's guest, John Caruso. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. You know what it is, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted to be your host and to bring such interesting people into your world to find God's love and his hope. Well, today our guest, being a uh, clinical social worker, a therapist, and a firefighter, he knows the details very well of PTSD and depression and many other disorders that we, uh, that we find ourselves in. But he understands it more because he lived it, past tense, because he found a way through the darkness and he came out of it with a powerful message of hope. And he's here today to share that hope with any who are suffering with any of these uh, uh, disorders today. So, John Caruso, thank you so much for joining us for coffee. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm very grateful to be here and to to be a voice for this for for many people out there. Well, and you are, and you're a voice of hope, and I so much appreciate that. So, John and I have been friends for a while. He um, will we'll tell you about that in the men's group that he was a part of. Um, in Baltimore, because John, you still reside in Baltimore, correct? Yes. Yep, and and I have uh, moved. I'm right outside of Atlanta, and so, but there's some things that uh, you know from the group, that men's group that happened. I think that we'll all be bonded, and it's based on truth and realness, and and so that's what we're going to get to today in all this. Well, John, before we get started, let's mm-hmm. talk about you know the things that you do. Um, I know that you're uh, a clinical social worker, a therapist, you know, behavioral specialist. And now you've embarked upon something new uh, using all these skills in um, the uh, with the police department there in Baltimore, right, for that area? I am. Yeah. And the, I mean, the, the idea of post-traumatic stress and mental health has started to become very, uh, becomes very important in public safety. And now within the police department, I am the embedded mental health counselor for the police officers. So when they need any kind of help resources or anything like that, they can call me directly and mm. make sure that they have that help. Wow. What, what a resource because of everything that's going on in our law enforcement and things, you know, that everyone has walked through in the last two years. And, and um, so I, I can't, how how blessed they are to have you because you do you know more than the the book knowledge um john and that's what i want to talk about today um but i do also want to hit on the part that you the firefighting let's talk about that for just a minute because your book is is called firefighter down so it sounds like you're a firefighter as well yeah that that's been um uh, that was the dream from from the time I, I was a kid and looked at 
you know, look at fire engines and was just drawn to them. I mean, every time I'd see a fire truck, I'd wave, they'd honk the horn at me. So to, to, to have the opportunity that I did even as early as 14, I, I lived and breathed the fire service. So I, mm-hmm. I've had a chance to, to live that dream and to, to, to be there and do that and now be the, you know, be the one who's honking the horn at the, at the young kids who <laughs> are looking up and wanting to, wanting, you know, dreaming to be those, those firefighters. It's a, what a full circle moment, right? You know, it's just amazing to, to get that opportunity to live your dream and then to be able to inspire others in that. I, I love, I love, I just love that picture you just drew of us, of, of life actually. Okay. So let's get into this, John. There's so many people, um, that are suffering with all kinds of uh, things right now that we, they don't even understand. There's so much going on in our in our minds because of everything that's going on in our world. And so let's let's talk about this um, PTSD, uh, post traumatic stress disorder. Can you explain that um, to our listeners a little bit about um, maybe what that looks like, um, how you could uh, see that in yourself? Just explain it a little bit. Post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is the the acronym is is mm-hmm. it's not just one thing. You know, it's it's a it's a group of different symptoms put together that create certain responses in the body when it's faced with certain stimulus, and it goes back to being exposed to some kind of trauma or multiple traumas. And in, in in some of the the simplest terms I can put it is it it just, it creates a a way of responding the way the, the brain responds to certain stimulus. And it can be somebody who's very jumpy can be somebody who just can't, go to a certain place or do a certain thing or, you know, even in, in the extreme, if they, they smell something, it can trigger these, these responses mm-hmm. that, that take them back to a particular uh, event. And it's not mm-hmm. something specific to the fire service. It can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. anybody who's been exposed what? to a trauma. Yeah, that, that's, um, I, I think that we have much more, of this going on in our world and people can label. They don't, really don't know how to frame what it is that's going on with them. Um, as a survivor of um, child abuse, I can remember um, when my husband and I first got married, uh, which was many years ago, but I remember he moved really quickly in front of me. And the first thing I did was I put my hands over my head and he goes, what are you doing? And it was a natural response because I, you know, because of the abuse, you know, and I, and I, and just, but that quick movement caused me to go into protective mode. And he goes, Kim, I would never hit you. And I said, I know you would never hit me, but it's just, you know, it's this response that I have to, um, to my past. What are some other things that you think people, I think most people think, and that is abuse and that's really bad, but I think that there are other things, John, is it true that maybe don't have to be severe abuse um, that causes PTSD? No, it doesn't have to be severe abuse. I mean, um, significant or significant accident. There can be um, just multiple exposures to, to different things. And I mean, mm-hmm. and, and PTSD does not have to be a single an exposure to a single event. It can be cumulative. Mm-hmm. Over, you know, and, and you see that a lot with public service, where there's there's a lot of different incidents that are responded to over a period of time, and they just build up. And the way we respond, the way that the the neural network gets programmed after responding to those calls or to those types of incidents or those exposures, then that's what Mm. dictates us to have certain responses. 
So it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be abuse. It doesn't have to be uh, um, a fatal car accident or a shooting or anything. It can just be a buildup of multiple traumatic incidents over a long period of time. Hey, John, can it be, um, can it be, can, can we get uh, PTSD from words that are spoken over us as a child? Absolutely. No, no, no doubt. It's, it's, uh, it's the way the body responds to and interprets how, how that interaction is. So if somebody is saying something very, very painful, very threatening, very hurtful, and it creates a response or a particular type of reaction, and we continue to behave in order to prevent that reaction from happening, that Mm -hmm. is where that, that, that traumatic neural pathway gets created, which then is what Mm -hmm. creates the PTSD piece. Right. Right. Imagine, uh, you know, I'm just getting this picture in my mind. Of course, you and I both deal with as we are trying to reach out and help people through, you know, different types of counseling or therapy. Uh, Imagine um, someone who is dealing with PTSD from words and things that have been spoken over them and then consider the fact that they do find themselves in a situation uh, that causes uh, a traumatic or a hurtful situation, one that... um, uh, you know, shocking, scary, dangerous situation. Imagine they're in a situ- in that that uh, situation physically, and then the verbal PTSD that that begins to. So you can imagine the warfare and the battles that we face um, within our own selves so many times. And I think that's what leads us to feeling hopeless. Don't you think so many times? I, I do. Yeah, and it's. You know, for for a lot of people, it's that verbal that that verbal abuse, that verbal or those verbal threats that begin to break down the barriers that open us up to mm-hmm. the the other. You know, to sometimes then it becomes physical. Yes, you know what is so sad, and I, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this show so badly yeah. is that. Um, you know, we have, you know, maybe find ourselves in the, in the physical part of the PTSD and then, and then the verbal part um, we begin to hear. And, and then, you know, you have the, the spiritual warfare, you know, that goes on. But then you think about the silence of it all, John. It's like, especially, I think it's especially for men. And that's, that's why I love having you on the show because you are in nature and, and, and uh, just to look at you in the natural, you're a big muscle bound, strong man, you know, with all this knowledge and wisdom. And I love the fact that you feel you are courageous and comfortable enough to say this can happen to anybody because it's the silence. If you, you take the physical and the mental and the emotional and the verbal that's going on inside a person's mind, but then you have this overwhelming um, cultural uh, thought that says, shh, don't say anything about it. Uh, and, and all of that together leads, I believe, into what you described as that dark journey. So mm-hmm. would you agree with that? And, and would you expound upon that a little bit? I mean, I absolutely do agree, and a lot of people, both men and women, mm-hmm. and what what I found in my own my own journey was that there's no way that this should be happening to me. You know, mm-hmm. I have these, I have this, and. I shouldn't be responding this way to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, mm-hmm. you know, the people will look around and I, I, you know, in my, my discussions with, with various people, a lot of them are looking around. Well, no one else has gone through it. So I have mm-hmm. to bury it down. But the thing is yes. other people around us are going through it, but they just don't say anything Yeah, because there is that, that, that fear of, Fear of being ridiculed, fear of being looked at differently, being looked at weak. Mm-hmm. And that, yes. 
that 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 really I mean, especially in certain professions like in the fire service, no one wants no one wants to be perceived as weak because then oh, can they do the job? Can we trust them? And there there's got to be something wrong. Well, if this person's not feeling this, well, why why am I feeling it? And but again, you know, trauma is a very complicated thing and everybody comes into it with a different background and a different history. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one trauma and how that impacts one person opposed to me is very different and the responses can be significantly different. And mm-hmm. the reality is we, 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 we need to, we need to recognize within ourselves what the, what's going on and being able to mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves and with other people to say, Hey, I have something going on. I need, I, I need the help. And it's anything but a weakness. It's more, more important to, to our safety and more important to our family that we get the help to be able to go longer, to, to live longer. Cause unfortunately as we've seen there, there's many people who, who lose the battle. Right. I love what you said right there. And then I, if it's okay, I'd like to get into your story of this, but you said, and listeners, I hope you, I hope you hear this. John said, it's anything but weak. It takes great strength. And this is one of the things we talked about in our group so much, John, that we'll talk about the last half of the show. But, you know, we, we, we think we look at our world is, has, uh, wrong, uh, so wrong on what is the misconceptions of what is weak and what is strong. You know, weakness to me is where you just walk away from it or you flee. You don't you don't stay to fight. You flee. But it it takes strength to stand and confront what it is that is going on in your mind, so that so that healing can take place, and for the benefit of those around you. Because isn't it true, John, that we think that we're hiding? These hurts, we think that we have it under control, but isn't it true? And would you speak to the fact that even though we think we're hiding it, it's being manifested in our life in some way or the other, maybe through anger or frustration. Don't you agree with that? It's coming out somewhere. We're not hiding it like we think we are. We, we are not. And I'll, I, I know and, and a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be my personal experience, and I'll preface it through my my own my own journey but you know as much as I thought I was and I'll air quote dealing with it mm-hmm. I wasn't really dealing with it because no it would come out it would come out I, you know I'd just be angry here be angry there be snappy um, not sleeping well um, not mm-hmm. not fulfilling different obligations or not being as quick to fulfill obligations and just being very just very quick to mm-hmm. be agitated mhm mhm yeah well, what, work out right. and, and and imagine so because people couldn't see what was going on inside of you well john i'm going to just um, quieten myself here so that you can share um, your story, whatever parts of your story that you would like to, because I want people to understand here you are a qualified, certified um, behavioral specialist, clinical social worker. You have all this knowledge, and I want people to understand it's not the knowledge that we have inside of us. I mean, that can help us, but but the Bible says in this world we will have trials and tribulations. You know, we see in the in the Bible where strong people had to deal with really tough situations, and so it came knocking at your door. And so you began uh, your journey, and uh, so that people can get a picture of what what you went through because this is you go through the hurt so that we can get to the hope. So would you um, share with us, please? So I, I guess I'll pick the story up right around October of 2018 when, okay. you know, things just, there, there were a couple of other things going on and things were just starting to to really spiral. 
And there, there, there was a time where I just said, forget it. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't feel like I could do anything right. I couldn't make the best decisions, whatever, whatever I was trying to do was just not, was not happening. And it just drove me, you know, I feel like it drove me into just the, the, the depths of despair. And the one thing I, I was just constantly angry. I was constantly irritated and it was just daily fights between my wife and I, my, just my interactions with the kids was just very, just not very parental. Mm. And I decided, you know, and just it hit me one day that I'm putting them through too much pain. I don't want them to be in pain anymore. So I wanted to, I wanted to end it all. And that, that's the, the first time I tried to commit suicide. Mm. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big dog lover and they know what's going on. And somehow my, my dog, I think my, my dog saved me is, is wow. what she did. So I started, that, that's when I started to really get into, get into the help. And then about a year later, something else happened again. And that, that was really when I believe, I thought I hit rock bottom, but I didn't hit rock bottom yet. This is when wow. my rock bottom hit. And I was, you know, I was at work. I was, I was working in a in a clinic in in the middle of uh, South Baltimore, and I would just take walks because it was right on the waterfront. It was beautiful, and you know, I, I would lose track of my day. I, I just out of the blue, I'm like, why? What's what's happening? I was having nightmares, and all this stuff was happening. And you know, I, I decided again. That's what I was going to do. Mm. You know, and. You know, I, I I attempted suicide again, and why I am here, I, I I don't know. By by all accounts, there's no reason that I I should be from just a mere clinical perspective, but I am, and that's that's when the the help really kicked in and. I became more, more, I, I relied on my faith again. I went back to spirituality and a, a good friend, Casey, you know, yeah. was, you know, our, our daughters play. He's been a big coach and our daughters played on his team. And he's like, Hey, I got this group. Would you be interested? Hmm. Hmm. So that, that's, you know, how, that came to be, and it's just it's flourished from there, and it's mm-hmm. opening opening myself up to purpose and understanding and forgiveness, and just allowing myself to reconnect with the pieces that were missing, and right. that's really what what I'm trying to portray in this book. One of you know, a couple of the messages is that no one in this is alone. No one has to go through yeah. it alone. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it, it felt very lonely. It felt very dark because at that point, I, I I pretty much closed my eyes to everybody and anything. Mm. Not mm. not realizing that everything was right there for me. I just I just needed to use it. And then, right. you know, through the through the grace of God. You know, I, I'm, I'm I'm convinced of it that he he told he told me that no, that this is not how you're doing it. This is not your time, and here's what your path is, and this is how how you're going to serve. Which is so powerful, so powerful. Before we go to break, I first want to say thank you for being strong enough to be so vulnerable. Um, 
we have 50% of our audience are women, 50% of our audience are men, and you just spoke to, to each and every person who is not only listening live but who will be listening to this in podcast. Someone has to be strong enough to stand up and say, this is where I am and this is what's going on. You know, until we really learn to share what's going on in our hearts, we, we can't be healed and we can't begin to be a voice of hope to others. So, John, I just want to thank you. I remember the. I will never forget. We'll talk about that when we get back. I will never forget the moment that you shared that for the first time and mm-hmm. I, the struggle within you. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about that. But I wanted just to thank you um, for that. And I want um, – was there was there any was there one thing or multiple things that you would say caused your PTSD? Um, it was definitely a cumulative, a cumulative thing. I mean, at, at that point, um, having spent twenty years in the fire service, starting from and that's the thing is starting from the time I was fourteen and riding fire engines from a very young age when. You know, I mean, I wasn't physically developed. I definitely wasn't mentally fully developed yet. And seeing the things that I did at the ages that I did, it really, mm. really had a major impact. So, and it was yeah. just, just a lot of, uh, I, I I believe it's just a accumulation of a lot of things. And on top of a few of the, the other issues that were going on at the time that just pushed the scale over. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many. Um, you know, I, I, what a what a great. I mean, here my my mind is always projecting out, but I was just thinking. I wonder how many police officers, firefighters who are retired, even and of course, of course, military that uh, people who are suffering silently with something like this. That maybe we um, do some zooms or something. I don't know. It just the uncovering of the pain kind of exposes it. And now it's like, okay, now, you know, now what are we going to do? And so for those who are listening today, I, I, as you know, I I want to say that I hope and, and listen to me clearly to the end. I hope that this has opened up some of the hidden pain, the silence in which you're living in not because I want you to feel the pain, but because we have to expose it before healing can come in. And that's the reason that, that John is here speaking his truth today, so that maybe you'll be able to discover your truth. Because in that truth is where the bigger truth, that with capital T, comes in. Um, and so we're going to explain that when we get back. When we get back, I'm going to ask John, what was the turning point in all this? What 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 happened, and he began to allude to it a little bit when his friend Casey invited him to a group. But let's let's talk about you know what he had to do, what he allowed others to speak into him. Let's talk about the turning point and the hope that is before each and every one of us today. There is never a hopeless situation in which God is not able to step in and get us through. And, oh, by the way, John, I know why he saved you, because you are such a powerhouse of hope. And the ways God is going to use you and is using you through this book, Firefighter Down and things like this, it's going to be the saving. I think about that scripture, Revelations twelve eleven, by the blood of the Lamb and by the sharing of our testimony, many will be saved, many will overcome, many will conquer. And, um, John, you are just in a, in a field that's ripe of hurting that, that you're going to be speaking a lot of hope into. So I just, again, want to thank you so much for being here. We're going to take a 30-second break. And when we come back, listeners, I want you to know that uh, we're going to dive into the turning point in John's life. And then if you would like to call in, if you have a question that pertains to this topic or you have a, a, a something that you'd like to say to John, feel free to call in. You can do that. Um, and I have asked his permission. With his permission, I give you this number. It's 347-324-5246. You'll enter into our green room, uh, virtual green room, and then um, our producer will let me know if you press 1. Be sure and press 1 so that I know that you're there. So the number, again, is 
324-5246. Press 1. We'll be right back in 30 seconds. John, be right back. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You could say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You could ask on your couch while you binge watch. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted to be hosting this program where I bring the most incredible people in to share their hurts and God's hope, a testimony of to each and every one of us that no matter what we're going through, we can not only get through it, but we can grow through it and find our purpose and our passion and so many other things that God promises Today, I'd like to remind you, if you'd like to know more about what I do in our ministry, you can go to www.kimcrable.org. We would love to have you join us at any time and see what's going on and um, and just be a part of it. It's a, it's a large global ministry where we are continuously trying to share God's hope with the world. Um, so check us out. We'd love to, to know more about you and be a part of our team. Well, today we are so blessed to have with us um, uh, he's a clinical social worker, therapist, firefighter, uh, behavioral specialist, author, writer. I mean, this, he can go on and on with his resume. But what I love so much about what John Caruso is doing is that he, is, he, he lived a life of despair and what he talks about, hopelessness. But he found the hope, and now his desire is to let people know that in PSD and depressions and whatever you're going through, he wants you to know you're you're not alone. It makes me think of the scripture of Romans 8:37 that we are to comfort others with the same comfort to which we've been given. And John, I just want to thank you so much for giving us first a full hour of your time because in the midst of all those things that I did say that you do, I, you are you know you you have a uh, individual practice. You work for uh, embedded in to the police department there in Baltimore to help with their mental health. So you're a father, your husband, all, you are a busy man. <laughs> so thank I'm you. Busy, which is, um, I'm glad to be busy, glad to, to have all those things. And, you know, more importantly, it's it's important to, uh, I, I've gotten to a point where I, I've, I'm okay telling my story. I'm not going to hide behind it. I'm not going to be, yeah. I'm not embarrassed by my story. And it, it's yeah. impacted too many people. It's in, you know, and, well, and my story is very similar to other people out there. And if someone else can hear it and get something from it, then I, I'm, I'm really doing doing my job. Absolutely. And see, when we can get to that place to where we can tell our story, then we know that we're on the other side of healing. I don't. I think we're always somewhere between hurt and healing. I believe that that's just the way we were we're made. Uh, but I believe that that's where you realize the power of your story and what you know how how your life can be used, and 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 we can use our life and our stories to help someone else. Wow. I and I I. I so thank you for saying that because I hope that every one of our listeners will hear that. You know, be do whatever needs to be done to um, strip away the the guilt, the pain, uh, the the uh, her, what am I trying to say? The guilt, regret, uh, shame. That's what I'm trying to think of. We can strip that away. So, well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. We already have callers on the line, but before, so caller, hold on for just a minute. I would love for John to go into, John, what was the turning point? And you talked about um, being invited to a group. How did, um, what was the turning point that made you, what made you say yes because you knew this was a faith-based group? Um, What was going through your mind that allowed you to go, yeah, I'm going to try this out? Because at that point, I knew I, I didn't have anything to lose, and I knew the impact that this had on my family, and in particular, my wife. And knowing knowing the 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 group, and knowing the family, and knowing Casey, 
it, it was just, it was one of those, the light went off and it was an opportunity and it's mm. been, it's been a big part of, you know, it's been a big part of my life now for the last three years or so. How long? I mean, I don't even, I don't even remember how long it's been. It's just been, it's mm. been, it's it's just been there. Yeah. Uh, and it's, oh. it's a great, great opportunity and a great support network. And uh, for our listeners, what uh, John is talking about is there's a, I do a study with women called Burdens the Blessings is where we take, we look at the burdens, we look at our hurts, we look at our pains, and we and then we, our truth, and we apply God's truth to it. So there was a group of men who wanted to do the same, um, the same study, except do it from a man's perspective. So we, we looked at it, and we uh, turned it into what we call Confront and Conquer. And we used the scripture, and John, it's one of your scriptures that you have listed here, John 6:12, where the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, and he called him Mighty Warrior. And so we used that to say that there's a mighty warrior within each and every man uh, at that time. Uh, Gideon definitely wasn't that warrior. He was a weak, whiny little guy who was hiding out. <laughs> but how God calls that out in us, but we have to we have to work to find that warrior. Um, and so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your turning point about when you decided you were going to, because you came to the group for quite a while and you were quiet, because by nature you are more introverted than extroverted, which I am too. So, um, But you're very quiet. But I'll never forget the moment when we were talking about our deepest hurts. Do you, re- do you recall that, the moment that I'm talking oh, yeah. about, John? Absolutely. Can, can, you, can you explain that a little bit to us when you decided I'm going to reveal my deepest hurt and then call her, whoever you are, hold on, I'm going to bring you on in, in just a minute for your question. But I'd love to get to that point because that's where maybe a lot of our, our listeners are today. They're, they're at that point where they just feel like if they don't share what's going on the inside, they are going to do something. They are going to take their life. They are going to run away. They are going to, you know, fall back into that addiction or whatever it is. What was going through your mind, uh, John, when you finally came to the point of I have to be open and honest about where I really am on the inside? Well, we I, – and I, and I forget the exact discussion, but it was – we were talking about open and being honest and being truthful and without being truthful to ourselves, not necessarily truthful to anyone else, but within ourselves, we, we have to express. And and even at that point, I really, you know, I I don't go openly telling my story just to tell my story. You know, but it was it was in this particular setting where it was it was time, and there was something yeah. about that moment, and and you picked up on it and even said, "There's something you want to say." Mhm. Mhm. And it was kind of helping me helping me through that process of here, just open the door, and then right. you know it was just you know from there it was okay. Well. And again, you know, I, 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 I have nothing to lose. It's not going to hurt me any more than what I've already been through. And mm-hmm. that thing, I think that's the biggest thing is to go to talk about it is not going to be worse than physically going through what it is that I did. But then mm-hmm. turning around and having people just cover me in in love and in support and in just so much care. It was just like, you know, it's the first time I I really feel like I felt this before. Yeah. And, and think about, I mean, for the first time, I mean, like you were really known all of a sudden we didn't know the person that we thought you were. You know, our expectations for the first time, we, I'll never forget that moment. It was such a life-changing moment in our group. It's almost like someone had to lead the charge. Someone had to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. Yes, I'm strong. Yes, I, I can do this. Yes, I'm certified in this. Yes, 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 yes. But 
but there's a part that you don't know about me. And it just it, it opened up our group to where every man in that group leaned in, and it was such an incredible moment. Um, I, I have someone on the line that wants to come in, so let's bring them in, John, and let's see. It may be someone that can uh, share uh, more about this moment. Let's call her. I don't have your number before me, but uh, come on in and let's talk. Let's let us know who you are. Do we have a caller online? Hi, can you hear me, Ms. Kim? Yes. Hey, yes, yes. Hey there. Hi. Who is this? Hi, it's Sean. It's Sean from our Confront and Conquer group. Hey, Sean. Sean how are you? So, <laughs> so tell us tell us who you are and how your relationship with this grand guy that we have on this morning. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Sean. I'm uh live in Maryland and I'm part of the Confront and Conquer group and uh I've had the pleasure of uh knowing John for uh the last three plus years and uh just wanted to call in and Thank him for his friendship, support, and, and more important, leadership. Uh, uh, what an amazing um, man he is, and, and he's been instrumental in, in, in my journey. And uh, he and I kind of ended up in the in the same darkness, different uh, causes, but uh, he's been huge in, in, in my, faith, my faith walk. So just wanted to call and show my support and let you know I was listening, and I uh, love you, brother. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh. Uh, Sean, did you hang up? Or, yeah, is Sean still there? Uh, yeah. I guess you already hung. So, Sean, I, we were just getting this part, and I would love your um, your thoughts on this. Just one more thing before you have to run. But uh, uh, John and I were talking about that moment when he was struggling. I, I remember seeing it in, in his eyes when I said to him, you know, and I don't, I'm like you, John, I don't remember the exact conversation, but I remember the moment where I saw such a struggle in you, um, God just allowed me to see that internal struggle. And I, and I, I ask you, do you want, is now the time or do, are you ready to share or something? And there was, there was a pause that seemed like eternity almost. And during that, I can only imagine the things that John was, was walking through and thinking about and questioning himself. But then he said, yes. And, when he did, it opened up everything. It's like he led the charge. He was strong enough to break through all this. Um, Sean, were you at that? Were you a part of that? I think you were. I, and and I what, was, yeah. what did that? Yeah, I, I thought you were there. What what did that? Uh, what did that do to you? What did you? What did his opening up and being real? What did that mean to you? Because I, I feel like that this is something that men need so much. Um, they don't understand um, the value of it. But what did that do, do to you, listening to his vulnerability? Yeah, it was it was actually an overwhelming sense of relief. Um, yeah, you know, where I where it was, you know, as as a as a man, and and John touched on this earlier in the segment, right? You know, he was a firefighter, and and and. Uh, you know there was levels of expectations where where you know you had to be tough and and not show your vulnerability and um it it really was a sense of of relief that there's another man and you know in this world that that's going through exactly you know or similarly to what i am and and is not afraid to share it and 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 that uh you know the only way to heal is is to you know is to is to face it head on so um you know remember very clearly looking around the room at the other men and, and, you know, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't have a similar feeling that I had that it's okay to not be okay. Right. And, 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 yeah. and so, so we can become okay. Um, you mm. know, and, um, you know, the one thing that John's taught me is, you know, if you run at fear, fear will run away. And, uh, and that's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, that's been super helpful. So um, a sense of relief for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, John, your comments on that? No, well, I mean, I, you know, as much as, you know, as much as I can do, I just want to be there and help people that that, that's what I do. And, you know, and as much as you, you feel like I've helped you, I've been helped equally as much in that process by what what you and the the group has done. And just the, 
the, the phone calls or the text just saying, hey, man, you all right? What's going on? Just, yeah. you know, it's that, that reminder of, hey, you know, we don't have to go through this alone. We don't have to bear this cross individually. It's, uh, mm. you know, there, there's other people, other, other resources and other, other supports to, to lean on. Mm. Yeah. I just love that. And I, I, um, I think about, um, it, what, what you all are doing and you're just kind of re relighting the fire under me that we need to, um, get out there and do some more of these co confront and conquer, uh, groups. And if there's anyone on here that's listening now or will be listening later and you would be interested in this, please let us know. Um, these guys uh, are the, the front runners of the confront and conquer groups. Um, they lead it. They re, uh, organize the um, the writings. John has put a lot of writing effort into all this. I mean, it's just an amazing, to, to have a group where strong men come together and realize they can be stronger, <laughs> you know, if they and just deal with these things. One of the things we talked about so much, guys, in our group is that we don't, we, we can't uh, conquer what we don't first confront. And so uh, it's a stopping to really be with men who are, uh, you can trust to really be able to uh, to talk about these things and and really be able to be healed because we all we all have something uh, that we need to be healed from. So um, well, that was amazing. And um, anything else, Sean? Um, I, I want to get into with um, with John a little bit. And and Sean, you're more than welcome to hang on if you'd like. But I wanted to ask John, um, how is you know, coming forward in this group, talk about how your how has it how how has it changed your relationship with God? How has it you've you've um, mentioned that a couple of times? What has what does your relationship with God look like now um, than it did say ten years ago? I think it's one that I rely on more now. You know, mm. before. You know, when I, you know, when I was younger, I was growing up, it was almost kind of force fed, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just that, oh, we have to do this because we have to do this. And, you know, it wasn't until later on that that relationship and the need for that relationship became more clear. And it was more than just a bunch of just a bunch of words and, a, you know, a bunch of prayers that we, we had to, we had to say or had to go through in order to, you know, meet our obligation. It didn't, it, right. it's not an obligation, you know, it doesn't feel obligatory at this point. It, it feels like it's a necessity. And if, if it's something that I don't do, mm. I remind myself that, okay, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We didn't do this today. And, it, and it's become mm. part of, become it's become part of the the routine of the day to make sure that I incorporate something through prayer reading you know whatever it might be taking time just to to stop for just a few seconds and incorporate that mm -hmm. in because when we can stop and we listen for just a few seconds mm -hmm. we, can, mm -hmm. we can usually get that that compass pointed back into the best direction. Yeah. John, where do you think you'd be today had you not been invited to that group, had you not rediscovered your relationship with Christ? Where where do you think that you might be today? I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, knowing where I was, I, to be completely honest, I, I think I would be dead. Yeah. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't for that, because, you know, I could, you know, there's a lot of other things that, that I can, that I could have done and, you know, but I, I think it would have, it would have come back around again because I was just, I was just kicking the can down the road. I wasn't really doing the work. This has forced me to do the work, to open up and to be more, more open, more honest, and to to confront it in a way yeah. that I never did before. 
And that's the secret. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd stop. And that, but that's the secret is to stop and confront it. Confront and conquer. Um, the Bible tells us in Romans eight thirty seven, we are more than conquerors. It, it, it takes it takes accepting the invitation to go to the group or that you did. It takes it takes opening up when when uh when you have the opportunity to and and i'll just wait i I feel like sean could say the same thing i mean i don't sean where would you have been without john opening up that first day without having you know someone giving you that permission to say it's okay to not be okay there are a lot of things about me that are okay i'm a strong person but i can be stronger yeah i would i would still be in a in a pretty dark place to be transparent um Mm -hmm. again it's it's seeing other men, uh, you know, show their vulnerabilities that, that allowed me to face mine. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not quite sure where I'd be, I, but there's a good chance I'd be uh, alone, divorced, and in a bad place for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about all the people that are out there, and that's why I just thank you all so much for coming on the show today because there's so many people out there. They We, we have gotten just – our perception of what is weak and what is strong. We talked about that earlier. And, and maybe we should talk about that. Maybe both of you all should give your, your thoughts on, because so many people think that talking is a sign of weakness when really it's so the point of strength. Would either one of you all like to make a comment on that for anyone out there who's struggling with the fact that, gosh, I really, gosh, I wish I could be strong enough. Or I wish I could be like John. I wish I could just break through this. I wish I could be like Sean, um, John and Sean and break through this, but but I can't. What would your word be to them today who are so who are struggling um, in a de- in devastating ways on the inside? What would you say to them first, uh, Sean, and then uh, John? What would you all say to those those people, those especially the men out there who are listening? I would say don't waste the pain. I think uh, your pain is your greatest strength. Um, I know that uh, having faced all this head on, um, the person I am today is not the person I ever thought I'd be. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, without, you know, every day I wake up and I, I think to myself, and then John alluded to it earlier too, right? I mean, the, the, the str- your struggles impact so many people. Um, but if you yes. can you know, turn them into to positives, then, you know, it, that, that journey is all worth it. Um, so that would be my message. Yeah. And John, what about you? What would you say to someone out there who's really struggling and maybe have gotten to the point to where the depth of despair that I know Sean has been in as well, but the depth of despair that you went in becoming suicidal and, and, and no one knows, you know, they may see the anger that we see, we, they see the manifestation, but no one knows. I mean, we have people out there right now who've, lost their money in the stock market, who have lost their jobs, who see the world going, you know, and it's all these externals. But what about internally? What would you say to them about what to do in in, in their insides? I, I think that is a huge, a huge statement because we, we live in a world that is so influenced by the external that we don't give ourselves enough time internally to process what's going on. And that that yeah. the, that that's the part that I think is really vital to this, and being able to to re reassess and look at something from the the, the respect of yes I can and I will yeah. it might not be perfect and and I don't I don't want it to I don't want to come off as saying that you know anything has gone smoothly and perfect because it hasn't. But I have this to fall back onto to help maintain a level of stability so I don't fall back as far as I did. Mm-hmm. Things will challenge us. Things will bother us. Things will upset us. They're, they're, they're going to happen. But if we have the opportunity to bring other resources and support in, we, we can get through anything. Mm-hmm. And it's realizing that we're, we're not alone. And that that's that's been that's been one of the biggest things for for me was 
I, I was in this room with no windows, no light, and it was just dark. Mm. No one could understand. No one could. <clears throat> no one. No one knew what was going on. And 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 I had to look back at it later and say, well, that that's my responsibility because I didn't tell anybody. And yeah, it's it's realizing that there is light. We just have to open the shades. There there are other mm. people. There are other resources. We're not alone. Yeah. Oh, that's just um, intense, intense and so hopeful. And and for those who are there out there who have feel, that have that, that those feelings of darkness, and that's the word that just kept um, God kept highlighting as I was reading John's material. You know, the dark journey, the darkness that we're in, and and um, and we we can be surrounded and we can feel like we're lost in that darkness. I know, and sometimes you can think, well, if I start talking or if I start crying, that I'm going to be lost to the darkness. And, and really, that, that is not the case. The opening up, the sharing, that's, that's how the light gets in, friends. That's, mm-hmm. that's the light. And, uh, and so I just would um, say to anyone out there that's listening, you know, reach out uh, to someone with your story. Uh, reach out to I'm I'm, I'm going to John or Sean, our men's group. Um, you don't have to go at this alone. And John, that's really the reason that you wrote this book. And tell us about the book and how we've got about three minutes left. Tell us. I want people to know how to get Firefighter down once it's released. And um, and then and then Sean, I'm going to let you just tell them. Anybody who would uh, like to be interested in our in confront and conquer, uh, maybe how they can find out about that. But so, John, how do how do people um, when when is fire, firefighter down uh, going to be released, and how can we find that? Uh, it's going to be so. I'm still working <clears throat> on finalizing some of the the details, but it's going to be available through the uh, firefighter book hub book club publishing. And they have a a website at firefighterbookclub.com. Um, that should be coming online, hopefully in the next month or two. And you know, and it just it talks about the journey. It talks about a lot of what we just talked about here, and you know, gets into some of the statistics and the, the background mm-hmm. and what we can do to to help. And you know, re- reiterating the idea that we're not alone. You, you said something there, and, and friends, watch my – once this book comes out, I will let everyone know. I'll send it out on my roster uh, so that you can get it. Um, it's it's very important to not feel alone in all this, and that's the reason that, mm-hmm. that John wrote that. So watch, and, and I will definitely uh, put that out there. Um, Sean, supposing someone wants to know more about the Confront and Conquer groups, how could they find out about that? Well, they could go to your website or reach out, uh, I believe, for this program, right, Ms. Kim? Um, and, That's right. Mm-hmm. And one of us will reach out directly uh, to you and, and help you engage uh, with, with our group. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. John, thank you so much for your story, the strength um, and the wisdom that you have um, to 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 tell our story. You know what I would love to do, guys? I would love to go back and I would like to revisit this subject if y'all are willing. Um, I'm going to listen to our, um, I'm going to listen to our listeners as they respond. Listeners, you can go online below this and make comments. Uh, Please let us know uh, from our show today how we can expand upon this because I believe that we've just, we've barely scratched the surface when John said something about the statistics and where to move through. I would love to dive into this and even with maybe even do a monthly confront and conquer. I'm not sure, but I I feel like that this is a place that I would love to stay and dive into a little bit more. So guys, be praying about that. I'd love to invite you back and I'm going to end the show with, um, with John's words. He says, And please listen to this. He says, PTSD is not a death sentence. It's an opportunity to grow, learn, and develop resiliency. Without the support of the men in the men's group, I don't know where I would be. It has provided me a level of support that I did not have 
but also rebuilt my relationship with God and made clear that path that I was put on this earth to do. Friends, that's something we're all looking for. And that's something that John has discovered in the most unlikely places, his deepest pain. And perhaps that's the way it will be with you as well. I can say that for myself, and I think Sean could as well. So when we're thinking about our purpose and our passion, look in your pain. Let God begin to do a good work there. Talk to people about it. Discover that it's okay to not feel okay in every part of your life. Understand that you can be, that you may be strong, but you can be stronger. That's God's promises for each and every one of us today. Well, thank you so much for stopping by for coffee. It's been a pleasure to have you. John, thank you so much for all that you've done, all that you're doing. And I hope that you'll come back and visit with us again. And, Sean, thank you so much for calling in as well. Thank you all so much. We'll see you next time on coffee. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org.